Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This highly practical podcast series explores HR and management hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Brought to you by Actors Software, our aim is to build a better workplace for people. The HR Uprising is about collaborating and supporting each other to build the confidence and skills to rise up to each challenge and deliver real, lasting business value. You can find out more at hruprising.com or join our LinkedIn community. Now introducing your host, chartered psychologist, best-selling author, entrepreneur and speaker, Lucinda Carney. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising episode. And this week I've got, well, it's interesting, this isn't an HR professional with me, but I believe that what Rob has to say is really, really relevant to as um, as an industry and as individuals. So I've got Rob Kerr with me today. And Rob is actually the author of a book that's coming out in January called Project Future. And he is a project manager by background. But the reason I felt that this was a worthwhile podcast for us to explore was when I was invited to review his book, I realized that it had a huge number of really practical models which could be applied to you whether you are within your career and wanting to make decisions or if you are actually um, looking to make a change in career. And that's one of the things that we'll find out later from Robert to, to what he does. But he's he's basically come up with a methodology which is really useful for decision making and can be, can be applied to us uh, in terms of uh, decisions that we might make with regard to our specialities, our careers. Uh, if we want to set up a business, it's quite applicable to people who are internal of HR and also if you're an independent HR or thinking of being independent HR. So, Rob, it's really great to have you with us today on the HR Uprising. I'll let you give a little bit more background because in terms of where you come from and how we can apply this to this audience. But just um, one of the main things we both felt quite passionately about is that we recognise that sometimes people are lacking confidence, maybe lacking confidence in themselves. Um, I saw on a recent poll on one of the social media networks that the top thing that HR professionals are saying that they felt was holding them back was a lack of confidence. And from the book that I read um, that you, you know, you've, you've written, I felt that if you have the right um, decisions, if you've followed a process, then you can have more confidence. And I think that's one of the outcomes we we're hoping to get out of this is that to share some processes that you can do when thinking about your career, thinking about where you are. Um, and, and ideally, that's going to give us more confidence because we know we've thought it through effectively. So Absolutely. welcome, Rob. Do you want thank, to give us a little bit of background? Again. I know I've kind of gone into the content to position it there. But tell us a no, bit about fantastic. yourself first. Thank you. And thank you for, for having me here today. I'm delighted to be on the on the show. So, yeah, I'm a, as you say, I'm a, I'm a project manager. Um, I have been for over a decade. Um, I've worked in a number of businesses. I, I started in in technology, as many project managers do. And I, I soon worked out that, you know, that that wasn't quite the right fit for me. You know, I, I was much more more comfortable dealing with the operation side of things and indeed with, with HR, you know, in, in kind of various aspects of the um, of the projects. So I I, I pivoted a little bit as I as I went on and through a couple of businesses and um, I then decided to set up my own business um, in 2014 so we were in an interesting position as a as a a family you know my my wife and I were were both working full-time and we looked at the you know I guess this was the first time I I used my project management background in in a family situation so we 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 looked at the 
um, the timing, we looked at the, the money um, that we had and the, the level of risk it would have taken to, to have started a business. Um, so at, at that point, my wife's salary covered our bills. Um, so we were in a position where I, I effectively had six months to, um, to grab a contract and you know, kind of make my, my way in that, in that world. Um, whereas if we'd waited six months until, until she had the baby, then um, it wouldn't have been possible uh, or it would have been a much higher risk at least in order to do so. Um, so, so yes, I, I resigned uh, almost immediately. And, uh, and, and three months later, um, after a, a bit of nerves, found, found my first job uh, found as, as a contractor, which um, it was quiet for a while, but very nervy. Um, but, I, you know, I, I started the role on the Monday after um, leaving, leaving permanent work on the Friday and, um, and went from there. So, yeah. Did you consider that start. to be a big, I mean, it's lots of people will stop from, I mean, we're going to talk about being internal HR as well in this context, but thinking about people making that first leap into independent HR consulting, for example, often that whole fear factor holds them back. And that sounds quite a scary leap. Did you see it? Would you consider yourself to be a risk taker? Or what had gone on in your head to mean that it wasn't a risk? And and how was it that you knew you wanted to do that? Well, it's it's it's, it's a great point. And uh, I think that I'm I'm not a risk taker uh, by by default. I I enjoy change. You know, I'm 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 a natural consultant, if you like. You know, I, I worked at Capgemini earlier in my career, and you know, I, I was uh, that was very much um, a, a consulting environment, um, going to clients that kind of weren't, you know, weren't chosen by me, but it was regular moving around and working in different teams. So um, that side of thing wasn't a risk for me because I knew I'd I'd done it before. Just this time, I had to find my own clients, um, and the. We looked, I say, we, we looked at the structure and, and I, I guess, you know, it was the, we, we looked at our numbers, um, what we enjoyed doing, um, how, how we could do that, you know, whether, whether it would have been the right thing for my, my wife to go back to work full time after the baby was born. Um, and, you know, and, and our skills and my skills specifically in, in, in that decision in terms of what I could offer and to whom, you know, I, I was living in London. I still am, but I was living in London at the time. And, um, you know, I wasn't working in, in London. My clients have been in, um, in Woking, in, in Leeds, in Peterborough, you know, and I was, I was thinking, okay, well, when the baby's here, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have that level of control necessarily. Um, you know, in, 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 if I was being kind of made to go to, to such a client. So, um, but yeah, I, I say we, we, we looked at the sums and it's like, okay, I, I think I've got something to offer. Um, you know, I reviewed the job boards and things and, and um, looked at a, a number of roles that were available and the, the, the type of skills that were required and the level of experience and, and really worked through that to firstly gain confidence that I could do it, but then also to, um, to mitigate the risk. So to, to consider um, all those factors that, that made it go, okay, well, that could be a problem, but we've got money for six months. That could be a problem, but the timing's okay. And there's not, you know, a brand new baby crying in the house while I'm, I'm trying to, you know, work with a new client. Um, all of those things we, we kind of work through and, and to, to make it make sense. Um, and, you know, it's, it, as I've gone on over the years uh, as an independent and, and indeed writing the book, it's that, it's that structure that I've, I've looked to apply. And I, I think, um, the confidence that can come from that is by evaluating the situation. Um, and, and that's where I've, I've always looked to, um, to, to understand what the risk is um, 
rather than you know just necessarily saying oh it's it's too big a risk you know i bumped into an old manager a few years later a, a client who was there for a pitch um and explains you know that i'd i'd left whilst uh, left my job whilst my wife was pregnant and he essentially said oh big risk um but but it, it wasn't when we when we broke it down into those individual steps um each of them made sense so actually, what I would really like to explain, I like the fact you've got this process when you're looking at the job boards, for example. And if we take that point of confidence and, um, you know, I'm going to be sexist here, in, well, but there is evidence for that. You know, you're a guy and you looked at a job and you followed a process and it found it quite objective and thought well, that's not a problem. You sound like you rationalised each thing and therefore we can go forward. You know that there's a, some evidence to say that, that women will look at certain jobs and um, they'll look at the criteria and they'll go down and they'll decide they haven't got the ability, the confidence. Is there something there that you could spell out that approach? It just sounds like it was quite a non-emotional, objective approach, maybe wasn't even personalised about you. What is it you need to do if you're looking at a job role to think objectively and have confidence to go for it or not, but to be sure that you're not holding yourself back due to confidence? Yeah, I, I think I think with with the confidence side of things, I, I, I think quite often, you know, if, if someone's if someone's willing to offer you, it, whether it be a new role or a new responsibility within a current role, they they must believe you can do it um, and that you can you can deliver. And, you know, every time we go into something new, it's by it's by default something that we've we've, we've not done before. And and I think that, you know, constant small changes and, and small, in, you know, small steps in improvements is, is what really helps us to grow more than, you know, any any kind of uh, radical shift. Um, and, and quite often I say these things can be can be broken down. But, I, I you know, very early on in the, the, the structure, I bring in the, the self-evaluation, um, you know, looking at the experience that you've had before um, applying how that experience would apply and and what you can take from that to take into the new uh, the new position you know where where did somebody um offer you an opportunity that you may or may not have taken um but where, where there was an opportunity there to do something different or new that that by default they believed you could do um so i, I think you know look at looking at those examples whether they be um in, in work or um you know or, or in a, a leisure environment um, you know, I think all of those things are um, the, the confidence comes from small steps and, and from really reviewing what you've what you've achieved. And it, it's so easy to move on and, and to, you know, it's like, it's like when I was, you know, I was in technology, especially that you, you'd complete a project. The next day you move on to the next one. And there's every now and again, you might get some some drinks organized to say, well done, you know, by, by, by the management. But otherwise, it's like next, next, next. But you know, we, we don't look at our achievements. I think people don't necessarily reflect on, 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 on how much we've grown. And if you are to take a step back and, and you know, look, look three years in the past, five years in the past and see, see where you are now. And so often there's, 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 there's a huge amount that's kind of achieved there that doesn't necessarily get the right level of reflection that can help to build confidence moving forwards. So it is about being objective about your achievements as opposed to self-critical a bit and, and so I suppose I'm thinking so if you're an HR generalist or an independent and someone has said well could you do a strategy for our department um, then but you you have you don't feel you're strategic or there's a job that says oh I can't be actually identify the fact they've offered that to you therefore they think you can do it so see that as a mark of confidence now you might need to get some support or um, some development but it's have the confidence that someone believes in you and therefore don't it's, it's think yourself up rather than think yourself down, I guess. 
Absolutely. And, and I think in, you know, if, if they've asked you to do it, but they know you haven't done it before, then they're not going to expect you to be perfect first time as well. There, there is that, there's the understanding that, that, that things do take time. And, you know, we, we are asking somebody to do something they haven't, they haven't done before. Um, so all, all of that really helps to build into, um, you know, it, build into, you know, it's it, it, into the, the background. And, um, you know, I, I think, especially at the moment with the, the situation, there's a, there's a huge amount of opportunities and, and changes in, in, in businesses. You know, there's, um, there, there's so much um, variability um, and instability, I guess, at, at the moment across, across so many businesses that people are, you know, you know even, the, even the best HR teams aren't able to recruit for every single skill set or ev- everything that they, they may need. Um, so within the department as well as outside. So there's, there's going to be lots of problems that need to be solved and things that need to be delivered. Um, so that opportunity is, is there to, to kind of to step up and say, okay, or to, to have a go, you know, you might always succeed, but to, to, to have a go and, and, and try and try and, you know, help drive things forwards. And I think that's especially key if you, if, if it's in an area that you're interested in. Well, that's, I mean, that's, you're going to be happier in that area, aren't you? And, and going back to your point about that, I think that's a really interesting point at the moment, because maybe some of the confident, lack of confidence that people are experiencing is down to the fact that we're in unprecedented times, aren't we? We're in a time when no one really knows the answers to this. I mean, I feel with, you know, our business, sometimes it's like, well, could someone just come and tell me what the magic answers are? But, you know, there might be people who have have the magic answer from five years ago but it wasn't in covid times it wasn't in the times where technology is right now where we've got hybrid workforces everything has changed so we're all really making it up to a certain extent aren't we so it's about how can we again well i guess your processes be sure that we're not just shooting from the hip that we are applying some sort of structured thinking which minimizes the risk of of you know, doing the wrong thing, but you know, yep. no one really knows what the right answer is in in these circumstances because the circumstance, you know, because the environment is so volatile and things change so quickly. Absolutely, and you know, I've I've worked in you know in M and A over the last few years, and in, in in that environment, there's a huge amount of change in a in a short period of time. And uh, I, I say, I think every 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 business in many respects is going through that kind of volatility at the moment, and. And, you know, people look to HR, the other departments look to HR and expects them to kind of fix things else. But, but who, who looks after HR? You know, it's like, they're, they're, and, and that's, no, the, exactly. that's, the, that's the challenge there. Very much at the moment. And they're expected to be experts in laws that change literally overnight as we're, we're recording this. And I think the we're recording this on the 3rd of November and furlough was extended on Saturday all of a sudden. So HR people had a lovely Monday. So, yeah, it's supposed to be experts yeah. and things when a landscape is changing with no warning, which is tricky. So going back to um, the structure, if you were to walk through um, a structure you're, uh, for just thinking things through, uh, you, you started with sort of saying, actually, you know, what are my skills? What are my achievements? What do I know about myself already? What else could I do to sort of think, to assert, to feel sure that I am following something which is logical and, and I'm minimising risks? Well, the, the, key, the key structure in the book um, is, the, is the future method, which is um, to find something that you think might be appropriate, to then understand why, um, and then to trial it. And so at the end of those three, so the trial would be would be something something short and low risk, um, effectively a pilot, if you like. Uh, so at the end of those three steps um, is where you would make a decision as to as to what to do next. 
Um, and then in the next phase, um, it's to, to undertake. So to, to, to do whatever you decided to do um, and then to review it. So it's constantly back and forth on a weekly or monthly basis, whatever it may be, to undertake and review, undertake and review. And once you get to the end of uh, at the end of a deadline, whenever that may be, or, or you reach a goal or a milestone, um, you would expand in, into the next step. So they are they are the six steps that make up make up the future method. Do you want to go through um, them again from the top? And maybe yep, we'll try, let's try and come up with an example with them. Find, understand, trial, undertake, review, expand. They're, they're the six steps. So in that in that structure, you've got two points of review, basically, um, haven't you? Trial, trial, and then yep. review. So what you're really saying is you're not expecting to be right first time. Absolutely. Um, you're actually expecting it to be okay for it to be wrong to start with, but you're setting out with that expectation that you're going to have to refine it. Um, and that's, I'm thinking that's quite uh, linked to things like evidence-based practice, um, which they talk about there is, you know, you, you have a hypothesis, let's say, um, and you try that hypothesis and then you need to review it and you're likely to have to expand it or even um, drop it. The only challenge, I suppose, is with something like going for a new job, you know, you've got to, got to go for it all in. What happens if you get it and it's wrong? Or, you know, if you've changed, how did you, before you decided to jump, because you'd already, you, you're going, oh, it's the wrong thing. I'm going to go back into my job. You've kind of made your bed by then, haven't you? Is there something yeah, but- that takes place earlier? Yeah, you've, you've you've made your bed, but you can you can always go back as well. Nothing's nothing's ever final. But but yes, there is something that happens earlier, which is to 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 look through the uh, look through the mindset, um, your mindset, and you know your, your openness to change. Um, you know how how tenacious you're likely to be, uh, what you enjoy, um, and and then look, then to look into the factors to consider. Um, so um, you know in in terms of what what the new job will entail. So. One of the key ones, certainly for us in in, in my family, is the, the impact factor, um, which is if you if you take a new job or if you start a business, you know what what would the impacts be on you know on your family, um, on on your partner and your your kids, your um, elderly relatives you may have to look after, all all of those things, and and you know are are they up for it effectively? Are are they going to support you? Um, and and be on side, or will it be will it be too much of a challenge? Um, you know, is the um, the the lack of your availability if you're going to be you know too busy or working away? Per, per my example earlier, you know, all of those things come come into it um, in in terms of looking looking at t- to take a step before making the decision. But I think when it comes to a new job, specifically on that point, where you know in in the find step. You would you would have a number of options before deciding to go forward. So if you're if if you're in HR, for example, you know it's partly it's, it's what you enjoy doing, what you're good at. Um, but you you know you can take all those aspects of HR, so recruitment, L and D, employee relations, all of those things. And and if the if you are if you have come from a generalist background or in, indeed are stepping up, you know is is that the right path to to go down? And all of those you know so. I don't know how many functions, eight to 10 potential roles potentially could be considered, um, you know, at a, at a high level. And you may rule out, you know, one or two of them straight away, um, literally in five minutes. It's like, no, I'm not interested in L&D or I'm not interested in in recruitment. Um, you know, it's how, whatever that may be. And but then, you know, that helps to filter through so that by the time you get to the interview process, not only hopefully are you confident it's the right thing for you, but you can then go to speak to you know speak confidently to the manager and the hiring manager and have them believe that yes you are the right person for the for the job because you've you've done the thinking you've you've thought it through and 
you know, you, you've shown that you, you'll enjoy it, which is important to people, um, you know, and that, you know, you've got the, the willingness to, to, to learn and to, and, and, to, and, and to succeed. I think that's an interesting point, actually, because, you know, HR is an easy title, isn't it? But it actually encompasses a real wide range of activities. Um, and what interesting is the standalone HR is quite different. You've got to have a lot of hats on, but often you end up doing quite a lot of the, um, I suppose, structural transactional stuff as well in terms of um, managing things, unless you're lucky enough to have someone, if you're someone to do your admin type roles. But then in a larger organization, you might have, as you mentioned, you might have learning and development, you might have employee relations, you might have reward people, you might have um, recruitment. And my perception is that there, as you know, my background is learning and development. And I actually think I would not have been very good in some aspects of HR because um, I'm not process enough driven. And I'm a really good friend of mine who's an HR mate. She was, she was uh, we did a personality tool years and years ago. And I, I kind of expected her to be people oriented, but no, actually her main driver was process. And that was really, really important because she had to dot the I's and cross the T's. Whereas I was much more I thought people got up change oriented um, because I was a trainer and that was about being able to make decisions on my feet. So we wouldn't really have swapped jobs happily. We, we would have been competent, but maybe not happy in those roles. And there is something there about finding the right fit for you within the profession that you choose. And, and so having that reflection as you said earlier, is like, where would you have strengths? I mean, it's also good if someone does give you the opportunity to try something, you go, I've tried that. I've tried running training courses. It's not for me. Or, you yep. know, it, it's good to have those experiences. Um, but maybe knowing which elements, I think there's a personality element as to which bits of HR that you find that you enjoy the most. And maybe that's why so many people feel that they haven't got the confidence because they're having to wear so many hats, which won't naturally all be a good fit. Yeah, I, I think that's a, it's a really good point, and the, the the size of the business does does have an impact there due to the the variety. You know, I've worked in a, in in tiny businesses and, and in, in in very large ones over the years, and I I think the 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 larger the business, the more opportunity there is to specialise. Certainly, yes. um, but at the at, at the same time, it's having having that visibility of of what all the options are and, and taking the right one forwards you know uh, i think there's some there's some fantastic personality tests out there um you know I, i've taken uh, i think most of them over the years but it's very early on in my career I, during university i did a um I, I did a work placement year industrial placement and um during the assessment center for that um i was we were given uh, belbin team roles to do uh, within the kind of full day assessment center and i that's my first visibility of anything like that. And uh, I, I came out as a shaper and, um, you know, a project manager is a natural role for a shaper. And So just to, to explain for listeners who don't know, Belvin, what that means you are good at. Uh, it means that I'm good at um, pulling the strings effectively and, and working with, uh, with, with specialists. Uh, so um, people that are, um, you know, sort of uh, many of the other roles effectively that you would need within a team uh, within a project so you kind of a driver um, lead role wouldn't you in it as well and give a sense of urgency to it and focus on the yeah. deadlines and stuff yeah absolutely so it's noted you know being aware of people's key competencies um, and and indeed um, the opposite and and helping to drive them forwards and help the help the team deliver so a, a shaper it's almost the conductor of the orchestra if you like in in, in many respects and um, you know I, I ignored that for a few years you know that 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 test and it was it was only in my mid-20s after after university that you know I, I struggled for a couple of years to find um the right path for me 
and you know I, I took some took some time out I spoke to some recruitment um people and and I I looked at it and you know and I took a step back at that I thought okay that that was for a reason you know that I, I I'm you know my mentality is 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 that so it's like okay what what are some some roles that come from the shaper side of things so so yeah I, I think using the experience that you experiences that you've had and then looking at, at what you enjoy doing and you know hopefully you know there, there aren't a huge amount of pluses from from 2020 but one of them from that volatility is is the 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 ability to um to, to gain new experiences and to solve problems and to to help to shape um, the future direction of your career. That is a really valid point. I think there is, is about reflecting on what people have learnt anyway. So we've all, I, I, I defy anybody not to have learnt stuff over the last six months. You might not realise that, you know, so adapting in a volatile environment, learning how to use technology, you know, we, we're all having, if we're surviving, we're learning. Um, that's why people are probably a bit tired in some ways, because we might also be having to do things that we're not naturally good at which does it can be tiring but maybe recognize again often you as you're going through stuff you don't realize how far you've come so it feels like this would be a really good time for people to go actually you know take stock what have I done and where do I want to go from here um you know in, in terms of this and obviously there are people out there who are looking for their next job there are people who who have lost their roles so you know what would be my ideal next role I think that also can help people get if you have real clarity about what you're good at um, and you can give examples of, of that, you know, positively thinking that, that that's going to help you when you go forward for your next role. So rather than going for every role, be really quite clear on the ones that are going to help you the most. 100 percent. And 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 certainly, you know, I, I think, you know, I um, it's one of the things I talk about earlier on, in, uh, very early on in the book is that you know, in that time, a couple of years after university, when I was, I was lost, you know, I, I turned up with one recruitment to, to one recruitment agency with five CVs, you know, one in, one in HR, actually, you know, one in finance, one in marketing, it was like pretty much pick a business discipline and, um, and I can do it, you know, I'm willing to learn all this kind of thing. And that, you should have seen the look on their face, you know, it was like, just go away. I don't, think you show, I don't think you're supposed to show them you've got five CVs. <laughs> no, I know. Well, this was, this was an agency. So they, oh, this, I see. Was, this was, it, it was an agency, not, not for a specific <laughs> role. Uh, <laughs> but it was like, go away and think clearly about what you want to do. And that, that was such great advice. And, you know, I think, you know, so many of the, of the changes that have happened this year and will continue over the next couple of years of, I've been brought forwards you know i think technology was kind of going to create a huge amount of change in this decade anyway um but so many things have now been been, been brought forwards um radically and and having um being clear on what you want to do will help convince somebody to say yes um i think whether that is uh, as a as an independent or as a um or as an employee i think you know showing that you're the right person um and the reasons why um, is, is going to be absolutely key to, to make you stand out as an individual. Yeah, and, and, and so so if you were thinking about that, how you might set that, if you've got any sort of a, if you've got someone who's a tired, overworked HR professional who's thinking, what am I going to do next, whether it's um, setting up on my own or my future career, have you got, what, what would you recommend people's thought process right now if they want to just take stock, they are where they are, what's the, what's the positive thinking process for them? I think if they if if they look at what they enjoy doing, what they're good at, 
and where they want to be in three to five years time. I think, you know, it's like, it's easy to, it's easy to overcook um, what you can achieve in a year. Uh, but sometimes it, people don't think clearly enough, um, you know, about where they, where they can be in, in three to five years. So it's, it's, it's having those longer term goals and working out what the short term objectives are to get there, whether that's, um, you know, a, a qualification, whether it's some experience, whether it's um, working on a, a different project or a different aspects of, of their role, um, and, and just having those regular reviews. So every three months, say, taking a, a, a checkpoint, you know, putting something in the calendar to say, okay, how did, how did I get on with that? You know, was it what I expected it to be? Um, you know, all of the stuff that goes into, in, into trial, as you say, and review. Uh, it's almost your own, be your own career buddy, you'll get someone to do it with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and get, get a buddy as well. I, I think they, they don't need to, you know, I, I have a, I have a buddy uh, that I speak with every Monday. Um, so we, we, we speak, he's in a different business to me completely. Um, he's a techie. Um, so, but we, we, we speak every, every Monday about our, um, our, our plans, um, what we achieved last week compared to what we plan to achieve and, and indeed the longer term goals. But, How good for you. Accountability buddy. Wow. That's yeah absolutely yeah. and yeah, as, as an independent it can be it, it can be lonely at times you know so it's it just having that in the diary and if it gets to friday afternoon and i've got a load of stuff left on my list that isn't done then i've, I've you know i know i'm gonna have to tell someone about it yeah. you know so it, it just helps to helps to drive things forwards but yeah. but yeah i i, I think really cl- getting some clarity on otherwise it's so easy to drift or it's so easy to be be offered a promotion or a different role that might not be the right one for you um as you mentioned your example earlier on you know in, in terms of the, the the different aspects you know it's that they're, they're not all right um for an individual and um I, I think having some having some clarity on, on where you'd like to get to and and taking small steps towards it um and then say review and see if it, it might not have been what you expected it to be but you if you've taken a small um a small step towards it then it's easy to it's easy to step back or to or to sidestep into something else. I think that's really quite inspiring because it's easy for people to feel worn down. So even if you feel that we are stuck at the moment, it's quite we can still take a little bit of stock, take think okay, <clears throat> and that's a good adage. That I, I've read that a couple of times about the fact that often we overestimate what we can achieve in a year, but underestimate what you can achieve in three to five years. So just think a little bit, dream a little bit. Where might you like to be in three to five years? then it's like break it down think about what can I do now that takes me just slightly towards that goal even if it's read a book or listen to a podcast or um, set up a buddy you have to have that sense of achievement but also um, in a time where we don't have an awful lot of control we're going into lockdown again so people feel out of control that's quite hard so you're also giving yourself a sense that you're actually taking control of your destiny so I think it's quite good for our mental health as well feeling that we're going somewhere productive that we want to go rather than drifting as you say well, that's it. We all, we, we all need something to look forward to, you know, it's, mm. uh, and, and I say it's, it's hard at the moment, you know, it's like yeah. my, as, as, as an individual, you know, I always like to have a holiday booked, even if it's a little weekend away, I always like to have a running event booked and I can't do either of those at the moment yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I haven't done all year. And it's, it's, it's really odd for me to, you know, I, I, I'm someone that needs to get, to get motivated to train. I need to have a target. Um, so which is why I, I like to have a 10 K or a half marathon or something books. So that I, so I'm working towards that goal and that deadline. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, it's, everybody is in such unprecedented times that it, it it's hard to, it, it's hard to cope and it's hard to see, see some light. Gosh. Okay. So that's great in terms of, 
you know, where people are in the workplace. And I, I suppose, how have you applied this to your own um, future and your own business and worked out what you're going to do? Have you applied your same methodology that way? I have. So I've, I've, I've written the book um, and, you know, as, as we say, that comes out 5th of January um, and I've, I've applied that um, to create a range of outplacement redundancy services. Um, okay. So I've, you know, I, I've looked at everything I've done in, in M&A and elsewhere and, and seen that, you know, a lot of people now, especially, are going to be in a position where they don't know what to do next. And the, the natural position um, to maybe work in a similar role or for an employer or for a competitor isn't going to be available because they're in the same position as, as, as many businesses are. Um, so there's the opportunity to consider starting a business um, and, you know, evaluating that process. So um, my redundancy outplacement services um, are in, in three layers, uh, depending on the, the level of seniority of the member of staff. And I work with um, work with HR teams to, you know, to, to offer those services for those members of their team that are, um, are interested in starting a business. You know, so I, specifically I've, for people who want to set up on their own rather than start a new job? Um, yes. going to okay, so it's quite yeah. a niche offering. Okay. It is. Uh, you know, starting business isn't for everybody, but, but I, I strongly believe that, you know, outplacement is, is the right time and medium in order to, um, in order to look, you know, and, and consider the option because there is that time, there's potential, that funding that could be used to startup capital as well. Um, so that, that kind of environment, and it's something that an HR team can do to, uh, to help somebody on their, on their way. You know, so yeah. um, redundancy is not nice for any, um, but I, I think the, the, the specialism, um, you know, that comes from um, the, the, the I offer, um, you know, helps people really push forwards um, and, and make the right decision for their future. What's really interesting about you offering that there is interesting going to the whole um, knowing your niche. And again, not overgeneralizing, you know, the thing about five CVs. So that's very clear. And that's not even just redundancy outplacement where you can be competing with all the big ones. It's actually if people want to do something where they want to be, uh, you know, an independent in some way, whether it's growing a business or just being a freelancer, um, it's quite specific. And one of the things I found when I set up on my own years ago before I started the business was I, could, I was quite a generalist trainer. So I could do most things. The problem with that, if you're very generalist, even though you might be capable of doing most things, no one knows what to buy you for. So it's quite useful to get that clarity of where, what is your niche going to be, whether you then expand because you've got relationships with businesses, that's different. Uh, but that's a, a really, really clear niche. So I can see you're walking your talk there. Robert, it's really great. Thank you very much. So your book, so your book's called Project Future. It'll be out on the fifth um, on Amazon. I'm assuming on the fifth of, of January. Yep, all good. All good booksellers. It's available Absolutely. From all, all good yeah. booksellers. Hopefully, we'll be out of lockdown. I launched a book during lockdown. That's not so good for booksellers. But um, in terms of that, so how if people would like to connect with you prior to that, how do they get hold of you? Um, you can drop me an email on rob at robker.co.uk um, yep. or indeed the website is, is robker.co.uk. Um, you can connect with me on, on LinkedIn. Um, I value my LinkedIn highly. Um, so it's uh, forward slash robker author. Um, or you can join my Facebook group, which Brilliant. is uh, the Project Future Club. Fantastic. Great. Thanks so much for coming on the HR Uprising podcast, Rob. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for listening, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising, proudly brought to you by Actor Software, the joined up performance and talent management solution. You can access links to any of the information or resources mentioned in the show via the podcast page at www.hruprising.com. If you like what we do, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and leave a review. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising. 